Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. A personal favorite, a show favorite, someone whom we always get great feedback on uh, every time it's on is uh, uh, General Jeffrey Schlozer, retired general and a recurring uh, guest here on the program to talk about everything from leadership to national security issues and defense issues. And there's always more topic than time whenever I get him on, and he's a very busy man. We really appreciate him every time he can be with us. Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeffrey, really, Jeff, glad to have you on the program as always. Uh, real quickly, why don't you talk a little bit about what you're involved in now and also your book, which I consider phenomenal, of your series about leadership, the study of leadership, uh, General Soldier's book is must reading. Why don't you start with that and how people can learn more about what you do uh, online. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kevin. Thanks for having me back on the show. So the book, uh, Marathon War, Leadership and Combat in Afghanistan, based uh, on my experiences leading 30,000 soldiers, Marines, airmen, and sailors uh, in Afghanistan 08 and 09. You know, that's not uh, past history. You're still seeing part of the uh, legacy of uh, our involvement in Afghanistan and throughout the world. Uh, you know, recreated every day out there, whether it's in Afghanistan or elsewhere, maybe Europe, and you know, and you can even see some of the the same things in Ukraine. Uh, JeffSchlosser.com. That's S C H L O E S S E R. First name is J E F F. You can learn a whole lot about the book, but also about me, about my 34 years in the U.S. Army, and then also my 13 years in industry, the aerospace industry, uh, trying to help uh, defend our country in a different way, but uh, no less uh, uh, important. So thanks for uh, allowing yeah. me to plug it all. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and and I, well, I appreciate both your service then and your con continued service now. Thank you uh, for sharing your wisdom as well. Um, let's talk about what's happened over the last couple of days with uh, the situation where in, between Russia and Ukraine that seems to uh, potentially overflowed into Poland. And, uh, of course, they had an emergency meeting in Poland with the national security apparatus. Meanwhile, countries uh, that are member of NATO have been in conversation and been in calls. Um, and in uh, all of this, uh, Article 5 weighs heavily in this uh, when it comes to uh, the treaty, the NATO treaty. What is that Article 5, and uh, why is it in the center of our conversation right now? Yeah, well, let me make it all the way down to the personal level, uh, level first, Kevin. You know, so I have an employee that's a Polish-American citizen, and uh, her parents still live in Poland, and uh, they're Polish. They lived uh, less than four miles for where two apparent rockets or debris from rockets fell, uh, you know, into their village. And, uh, and they, were, they were obviously very shocked. They're Polish. They thought that they were not going to be involved in the Ukrainian war in a significant way other than to be rearmed, and yet it was brought home to them. Now, the truth is, is this is a breaking story still over the last 36 hours. It, it may be well that uh, these were actually Ukrainian uh, air defense missiles that actually landed into the Polish area. And if so, it's a, you know, it's a tragic mistake. People, two people were killed. Um, I won't call it the fog of war, but war is very challenging. But the implications, potential implications, uh, as you said, of triggering, uh, if this had been a deliberate attack by Russia into Poland, Poland is, unlike Ukraine, is a NATO member. And uh, it, would have it would have triggered uh, Article 5, which is the mutual defense uh, article, 
which would require the rest of the NATO countries, including the United States, to help defend Poland. Uh, and you could have seen a, a very significant response. In other words, you know, immediate uh, better air defense. You could have seen immediate surface-to-surface uh, uh, -surface missiles falling into Poland from uh, all of NATO. Now, that is probably apparently is not going to happen because I think the, the, the intelligence agencies believe that this, in fact, was a mistake. It was the Ukrainians. Uh, trying to uh, shoot down Russian missiles going on their turf, and they landed in Poland. But there are other implications. Uh, and again, you know, these are people, this is implications not only for business, but it's also on a personal level, just as I started this thing with, you know, saying, talking about my employee who has parents there. I do believe that this is going to cause a very significant relook uh, into what we are providing to the Ukrainians to defend themselves, give them more capability in the way of air defense, give them more capability in the way of being able to target these Russian missiles. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, we had heard over the midterm elections that maybe some of the new Republicans or some of the other ones that are, are being reelected were going to stop writing a blank check for Ukraine. I think that this is going to uh, further empower people who want to continue to provide capability to the Ukrainians. God knows they are fighting for their country, and they probably deserve it. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, the reference to fog of war, uh, which I brought up to you in a, before we got on, is uh, – uh, I, I'm not sure who coined it, uh, but I know it was used uh, uh, during the Vietnam War to kind of describe uh, some of the things that happened and where objectives override uh, reality uh, often. And, uh, and, of course, so much is happening uh, at that time. It is hard to determine who does what and when and that type of thing. And so war does get confusing uh, uh, no matter what. And like you, I, I traveled extensively after the fall of communism in Eastern in Europe, particularly Poland, or more in Poland than other places. And uh, man, I've got a great uh, heart for the people of Poland, uh, long have, even before I went. And uh, I went, was there to uh, try to help uh, foster free market uh, economics in Poland after the fall. And so, did a really good job, <laughs> certainly compared to the others. Uh, that were under uh, behind the Iron Curtain. A very, uh, they've done a very good job of advan advancing since the fall of communism. So, yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I think when, when you look at the situation, the Ukraines have been good stewards of what's been given to them to fight the Russians. Yeah, I think that there was a worry early on that uh, some of the technology that uh, we were providing them would be transferred, you know, elsewhere, go through the black market or into, uh, you know, Russian hands. And I think what you've seen is, is that we find very little proof of that. And uh, so I, I do believe that, one, they've been good stewards of our technology and the arms uh, that we're providing them. I think that sets the stage, as I've said. Uh, for a relook and potentially even more capability, uh, you know, such as longer range surface-to-surface uh, -surface missiles and better air defense uh, and a more wider coverage of air defense. Um, and I think you're going to see that. And I think that if there was any political uh, issues, you know, up in Capitol Hill about, uh, you know, not supporting the Ukrainians, I think this event will push them. So it's uh, challenging to uh, to to uh, go against uh, providing support to the Ukrainians. So uh, along those bases, I, I, I personally, my personal belief is, is that uh, the Ukrainians, because they are fighting for their country, they've shown that they can fight uh, very, very well. 
uh, I think uh, uh, we need to uh, continue to provide support to them. Yeah, and the morale among the Ukraine is nothing. There's nothing like fighting for your own country. This really is reminiscent of Vietnam, isn't it? To a certain extent, uh, you know, you yeah. American troops being sent to a place they didn't want to go. They didn't understand why they were there. Uh, I don't really think the U.S. could honestly explain when you read the Pentagon Papers why they were there. That would be of interest to the American public. I think I, I believe that when I look back at you know, reading those papers uh, that I did back in co- college, um, that, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter how small, how much of an underdog the attack E is. They have a vested interest in the desire that the attacker, particularly in this circumstance, where you've got Russian troops fleeing any opportunity they can get, and they've created another column of troops that do nothing but discipline, injure, or maybe even kill to try to abandon their posts. Looks very much like World War II, doesn't it? And so uh, you can't underestimate the power of uh, being the attackee and really wanting to defend that was of value to you, whereas for the Russians, they don't get it. And I don't get it either. I mean, I totally understand their head scratching. And uh, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting study in, in a war that really they don't talk about as much. But a lot of these wars were looked like was lopsided. Um, I think they underestimated the importance of, uh, of uh, the desire to win on both sides. Not a lot on the Russian side, yeah. other than in Putin's yeah. And that goes all the way back in history, you know, the fog of war from Clausewitz and, and a whole bunch of other doctrine uh, writers, you know, over the last several centuries. You know, morale is more important than almost anything else. And, you know, the intelligence estimates uh, are that the Russians have lost about 100,000, uh, you know, soldiers either killed or, or wounded uh, and about the same number from on the Ukrainian side. But what you see on the Ukrainian side is the citizens uh, are fighting for their country, whereas on the Russian side, you, you know, the Russians have had to conscript, uh, uh, you know, known criminals, murderers, um, people who unfortunately live thousands of miles away from the border but were just in an uh, impoverished uh, town and were told to go fight, whether they liked it or not. Mercenaries, the Wagner Group was just one of them. I could go on and on and on. Uh, you know, and, and so the difference is completely different, uh, you know, Russia versus Ukraine. As I said, I think uh, Ukrainians are doing a darn good job of uh, defending their country as best as possible. But I think NATO and the United States need to continue to support them. And there will be impacts, by the way, on business. I mean, you know, I'm not plugging the defense business at this point. But uh, you can come, you can clearly see that not only is this war causing us to help, you you know, resupply or supply Ukraine. But we have to resupply ourselves and our NATO allies. And uh, so uh, there's going to be years, I think, uh, of uh, impact to the defense industry, most of it positive. Yeah, what you say reminds me of uh, the British hiring the the German Hessians to fight their war, right, in the Revolutionary War against us. Uh, you know, or uh, Hitler having a gangster uh, unit. Uh, it was literally a gangster unit. Everyone in it was a criminal, uh, except for the highest yeah. leaders of the unit. Um, this is the kind of tactics, tactics, a lot of victors, but of in, inevitable losers. Yep, I totally agree, Kevin. I, mean, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't have put it better. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's it. That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, final, 
Final thoughts. What are some takeaways? I like your takeaway. You know, uh, this is a business show, so you know people might want to look at their portfolio in light, in light of, what, uh, of what is going on. And, and those Republicans who really, to me, sound more like uh, ostriches uh, uh, than anything else, they're going to have to reevaluate this. Uh, the American people don't like seeing this kind of thing happen, and for there to be silence. Uh, it really, silence is being complicit. And, and, you know, being silent is being complicit. And I think a, a lot of Americans agree with that. But what are some uh, takeaways? Give me some takeaways as we uh, wrap it up. You already gave some, but yeah. feel free to add to it. Let me give you two, okay? The first one is is that events like this that can be totally unique, and you, some would call them black swan events, can radically change not only the strategic implications, you know, uh, but it can change things on the ground for people. So, you know, um, if this had been in a deliberate attack, we would be in a very different place at this point in time, potentially getting ready for a global war. So that's one. Black swan events occur, and they can change, completely change the analysis, you know. Uh, I think the second one is is that this is a long-term conflict, and uh, it's going to have global implications, okay? Uh, so you're, you're seeing the realignment, basically, of a lot of countries under NATO or wanting to be part of NATO, and in some cases, EU. It's a fundamental realignment in Europe, but you're going to see the same thing apply because people are looking at the Ukraine and saying, what about Taiwan? Australia, you know, Japan, Korea, um, New Zealand, all those countries are looking very hard and they're saying, what does this mean for us potentially down the road? So it's a fundamental realignment, I think, of uh, both friendships, align, you know, alliances, and then also, uh, you know, the defense of your own country. People are taking it very seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not even getting into Turkey's awkward position in NATO. <laughs> We could do a whole yeah. we could do a whole segment on that. Uh, not to mention the geopolitics of Asia with uh, Biden visiting there. And what was the objective with that? I don't see a whole lot being accomplished. But it's better to talk than fight, I guess. So there's a lot going on. There always is. And uh, General, always love having you on the program. Uh, one more time, give your website as we wrap it up. Yep, uh, J-E-F-F-S-C-H-L-O-E-S-S-E-R.com, JeffSchlosser.com. And, Kevin, thanks for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure. We are going to get always love having you on. It's uh, I'm always a little smarter uh, at the end of the segment than I was at the beginning. Uh, and we will, of course, have links at PriceOfBusiness.com uh, for this. Thanks so much. Stay tuned for more after this.